So I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to turn to Psalm 121, and I want to speak to you on this subject, the journey of life. Have you considered that your life is simply a journey? It had a beginning point, and believe me, it will have an ending point at some point in the future. This psalm captures the idea of life being a journey, but that idea can be found in other passages in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let me share with you two passages in the New Testament that present the idea, captures the idea of life being a journey. In Philippians 3.14, Paul wrote, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was looking forward to, for the journey to be completed, for him to be in the presence of Jesus forever and ever and ever. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 through 24, the Bible says, But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. These passages present to us an idea that we have got to understand and we've got to grasp as we live out our days on this planet. Now, Psalm 121 is one of the ascent psalms. Uh, these psalms are grouped together, Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And the Jewish people would sing these songs. They were songs. They would sing these songs and as they made their way to Jerusalem for three of the great feasts of the Jewish faith, the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. I want to read this passage to you. Just look at it with me in your Bible. In Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil, he will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would take your special word here in Psalm 121. And I pray that you give us understanding. I pray the Holy Spirit will use this word to speak into our hearts and into our lives whether we be in this room or whether we be watching on live stream. Lord, I pray that you would do an incredible work in our hearts, that we would be sensitive to the, 
the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us in our innermost being. Lord, we love you and we submit ourselves to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're all on a journey. Now there's a point in this psalm that I want to make. And it's a very poignant point. Here it is. You need God. You need God. Every one of us is on a journey. And I'm telling you, you do not want to make this journey without God. You need God. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, I'm not so sure I need God. I'm doing great on my own. I've got a great job. I'm making a lot of money. I've got a ton of good friends. I've got a great family. People love to be around me. My dreams for this life are amazing. Why do I need God? Now, this psalm points out two reasons why everybody listening to my voice needs God. Point number one, the first reason you need God, God is your helper. Number one, God is your helper. Look at verse one. In verse 1, the Bible says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? Now, underline that word help in your mind or with your pencil. And look at verse 2 also. The Bible says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Underline that word help in your mind or with your pencil. Because the word help is the main word the main idea in these first two verses help you see all of us need the help of God in our lives so the psalmist lifts his eyes to the mountains he's traveling to Jerusalem his journey to Jerusalem would take him through mountains and through valleys and through rivers and difficult terrain thieves use the mountains as hideouts Dangerous animals lurked in the shadows. The roads were rough and the climb was difficult. It wasn't easy. His question speaks volumes. From where shall my help come? Now the psalmist knew that his help would not come from the mountains. Even though they're strong and stable, he knew that his help would not come from the mountains. But he lifted his eyes beyond the mountains to God. Now look, in Psalm 121, verse 2, he answers his own question. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now you're here today and you say, well, I've got all the help I need from my family. I've got all the help I need from my friends. I want you to understand, you need God. You need God's help every moment of your life. And I dare say that it would behoove all of us to listen carefully to what the Spirit of God has impressed upon the psalmist here. You need God's help. You need his help. My help comes from the Lord. I love how the, the Holy Spirit inspired the psalmist 
to emphasize this word help. Now, his words here are personal, not simply pragmatic. Notice he says, my help comes from the Lord. My help. It reminds me of Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, it's not enough to say, well, I believe in God. That's not enough. Dear friend, you have to have a personal, real relationship with the living God. He has to be real to you, not just in your 911 moments, but every moment of your life. My help comes from the Lord. I know you've heard the statement, God helps those who help themselves. Now, let me ask you, is that biblical? No, it's not biblical. It's not in the Bible. Do you know who said that? Benjamin Franklin. He was a deist. He wasn't even a believer in Jesus Christ. He said, he said God helps those who help themselves. But the truth of this passage is God helps those who can't help themselves. And that, that's every one of us. I'm telling you, on this journey of life, you're going to face moments and difficulties and problems and hurts and pains where you need God in your life and nobody else or nothing else will do. This scripture says that God is sufficient for the task. Now, notice, I want to tell you two things about God's help here. He's a present help. In Psalm 46, verse 1, the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. As you journey through life, you need to accept the fact, number one, that you need help. And you also need to know that God is present with you when you face those difficulties during your journey through life. He's not a faraway God. He's not a million miles away. God is right there. He's a very present help in time of trouble. But God is also a powerful help. I love the last part of verse 2. Look at it. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You, you see, it was God who fashioned the mountains that verse 1 talks about. It is God who fashioned those mountains to be tall and mighty and, 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 and stately. It's God who fashioned the mountains. It's God who fashioned the seas. It's God who fashioned the heavens and placed all the stars in their places. And according to Scripture, named every single one of them. I'm going to tell you what. God is more powerful than the creation that he made. And he's powerful for you in your life when you need him the most. God is, pres is a present help and God is a powerful help for you. He has unlimited wisdom and unlimited power that is totally sufficient to meet all the needs you have as you journey through this life. So here's my, my plea to you, stay connected to the one reliable source of help that you have. And that one reliable source of help that you have at your disposal is the God of heaven. Now, let me say this to you. 
An attitude of self-sufficiency will disqualify you from receiving God's supernatural help as you face the difficulties of life journey. Don't get to the point where you say, I don't need God. I'm sufficient in and of myself. I can handle anything that comes my way. Don't allow yourself to ever get to that point because you will automatically be disqualified from his help. My friend, listen, you need God. You need God. He's your helper. Secondly, this is a two-point sermon, by the way. How many times have you seen me preach a two-point sermon? But that's exactly the way the text lays out. He is your helper. God is your helper. Number two, last point, God is your keeper. He's your keeper. I want you to notice a couple of changes as we move into verses 3 through 8 of our text. In verses 1 and 2, the psalmist speaks in the first person. He uses I and my. In verses 3 through 8, he speaks in the second person, you and your. Now, some, some have suggested that there's another voice here. There's someone else speaking to the pilgrim as he makes his way to Jerusalem for the feast days. Maybe it's an antiphonal thing that's going on, and, and, and one person is speaking this, and the the rest of the group as a great choir is singing this truth back to him. I'm not so sure that there's another voice here. I think, I may be, may be wrong, but I think that the psalmist is speaking to himself. How many of you know that there are times in our lives as we go through life's journey where we need to take the truth of God's word and we need to preach it to ourselves? We don't, we don't need another voice. We need to take God's truth and we need to internalize God's truth and remind ourselves of the great truths and the great principles of the word of the living God. Now in verses 3 through 8, here's another difference that you'll notice. The key word is not help anymore. The key word is keep, keep. In fact, that word keep is used six times in verses 3 through 8. Now, it's not used six times in the English language, but the Hebrew word translated is used six times. One Hebrew word translated six times. Let's just count them here. Notice verse 3. He who keeps you will not slumber. There's number one. Here's number two. Verse 4. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. That's 3. Verse 7, the Lord will protect you. The word protect in the Hebrew language is the same word used for these other terms translated as keep. And, and then verse 7, he will keep your soul. Now I want you to notice verse 8. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in. The word guard is the same Hebrew word translated keep. So keep is used in either the Hebrew or English form here six different times. I think God's trying to get our attention. Now I want you to notice this about God as our keeper. God provides stability. 
stability. Look at verse 3 and 4. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, slipping and falling on the rugged, rocky terrain that led to Jerusalem was always a possibility. I remember the last time Darlene and I took a group to Israel. We were standing in a place, it was real rocky, and I went, I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing, and I stepped on a rock and I turned my ankle, and I went to the ground. I went to the ground. I thought to myself, oh, no, don't tell me I'm going to be in a, a doctor's office here in Israel. But I just walked it off, and I was okay. But I tell you, it's very easy to turn your ankle or to hurt yourself as you walk the, walky, the, the rocky terrain there in Israel. Now, here's a wonderful promise for our journey of life. God will not allow your foot to slip. I want you to think about that for just a moment. You say, well, how can we slip? Well, we can slip financially. We can slip morally. We can slip spiritually. We can slip doctrinally. We can slip relationally. There's a lot of different ways we can slip up and mess up in our lives. And I think all of us could attest to the fact that at one time or the other, we've all slipped up. But here's what the text is saying. God will give you the stability you need. In Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24, the Bible says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, look at this, when he falls, he will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Oh, my goodness, is that not good? The Lord is the one who holds his hand. So when you slip, God is holding your hand. And God helps you up and God dusts you off and God puts you back on your journey toward the final destination of heaven. And then Psalm 55, 22, the Bible says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. I love this part. Now listen, he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Aren't you glad that God is your keeper and that he gives you stability as you journey through life? Have you ever thought that the reason that you haven't made an unmitigated mess of your life is because God has been keeping you from stumbling, keeping you from slipping, that God has been providing stability for you. Look, look at verse 4. Behold. Now that word behold is an important word. You, you know what it's literally saying? It's saying wake up. Get your head out of your hands. Get your head out of wherever you've got it. And wake up, wake up. There's something you need to understand. And what we need, need to understand, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I love what H.B. Charles, the great African-American preacher, said about this. He said, God never gets drowsy. He said, God never goes to sleep on the job. 
He said, God works the night shift. He said, God has eternal insomnia. Why are you awake? Why are you worrying when God is watching over you and protecting you and keeping you? So trust God to give you the stability you need as you journey through life. But God not only provides stability, he also provides security. In Psalm 121, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. As Jewish people traveled toward Jerusalem for the celebration of the Passover, or Pentecost, or, or, or the Feast of Tabernacles, they had to face the elements. And the elements can be brutal in that Mideastern country. The Mideastern sun would have been almost unbearable at times. Some sort of shade would have been a welcome relief for any of the Jewish travelers in that day. The psalmist made the point that the Lord is your shade on your right hand. Now that's interesting. Why the right hand? Well, in Jewish thought, the right hand is the place of favor. The right hand is a place of strength. Now, keep this in mind. God keeps you in your places of weakness and in your places of strength. Shade does not remove the sun. It simply blocks the harmful effects of the sun. Now, look, you, you may be going through problems and difficulties in your journey through life right now. It's hard. It's really hard. It could be financial. It could be relational. It could be spiritual. It, it could be a myriad of things that you're going through right now, and it's hard. Do you know the Bible never says that if you become a follower of Jesus Christ, that everything's going to go smooth, that you're going to have plenty of money, that you're going to have wealth and security and, and you're going to have everything you need and nothing's going to go wrong in your life. The Bible never promises you that. That's what we get in heaven, by the way. That's why I said the last time I preached here, when I preached on heaven, I said the best is yet to come. It's, you're not going to have the perfect life until you get to heaven, until you see Jesus and you're made perfect in his presence. That's when things are going to be perfect. Now understand this. God will protect you from the harmful effects of the things that you're going through right now. He may not remove them, but he'll protect you. In fact, he will use them for his glory and your good. In Psalm 16 verse 8, the Bible says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand hand and I will not be shaken I love that Psalm 27 5 for in the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle in the secret place of his tent he will hide me he will lift me up on a rock glory to God glory to God he will provide security for you notice this he says it right here by day and by night now, in Hebrew thought, 
when they use two extremes like day and night, they use it to express a totality. In other words, what the, the writer is saying, what the Holy Spirit is communicating to us right here through this term day and night, it is that God will protect you and keep you all the time, whether it's night or whether it's day, 24-7. He's a 24-7 God, by the way. Did you know that? That's what this is saying. Now look, in Psalm 121, verse 7, the Bible says the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. Now that word evil, it can refer to physical evil. It can refer to spiritual evil. Or it can refer to moral evil. Jesus taught us to pray, did he not? Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from what? From evil. He taught us to pray. Lord, deliver us from evil. And I love the, uh, the, the word all here, all evil. All evil. Listen, you will have problems. Bad things do happen to Christian people. However, listen to me very carefully. I promise you on the, the truth of God's word, evil will never win out in a believer's life. Never. Evil will never have the last word. He will keep your soul, the Bible says. I love what H.B. Charles said again. He said, Sometimes God has to close a window so he can open a door. Sometimes he has to let you be sick in your body so it will be well with your soul. Wow, what a statement. Look at the final verse, verse 8. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. This is one of the verses that devout Jews recite when they leave their home or when they come back to their home. They recite this verse. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Again, here are two extremes, going out and coming in. And what the Bible is saying through Hebrew thought here is that God will always, always, always keep you. Whether you're going out or coming in, whether you're at home or whether you're traveling, wh whether you're changing jobs, whether your marriage is on the rocks, whether you receive good, good news from the doctor or bad news from the doctor, even when your journey comes to an end through death, the Lord will be with you. He will keep you. He will protect you. He will guard you. He will give you perpetual security. I love Jude 24 and 25. Jude wrote this, now to him who is able, aren't you glad that God is able? Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever, amen. Now, what have we learned today? We've learned that we're all on a journey. Now, some of us are farther along in our journey. I'm a lot farther along in my journey than I used to be. 
And I'm getting close to the end of the journey. Some of you are with me, some of you are ahead of me, and a lot of you are behind me. But you're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. And Psalm 121 is a great passage that speaks to every single one of us at whatever stage of the journey we're on. And here's the point. You need God. You need God. I beg you, please don't try to finish this journey without God. You need God. He wants to be your helper. He's a present help and a powerful help. He wants to be your keeper. He provides stability and he provides security. You can trust, look, you can trust him at every stage of your journey. For some of you right now, you're at a very difficult stage in the journey. It's not easy. It's hard. Fear and uncertainty have a megaphone and they are screaming in your ears, you can't trust God. But I'm telling you the scriptures and the Holy Spirit of God is crying out, you can trust God. You must trust God as you go through this journey of life. So today, I want you to do something about it. I don't want you to just hear this message and read this scripture and, and walk away from here without doing anything with it. If you're in a difficult place in your journey, I want you to come to this altar in just a moment, and I want you to bow before the God of heaven, the God who is your helper and the God who is your keeper, and I want you to submit your life to him. I want you to tell God, God, if, if, if you're closing a window to open a door, have your way. God, I submit to you, whatever you want to do in my life with this thing, do it for your glory. Do it for your glory. Lord, help me to be obedient to you in this difficult time in my life. Lord, help me to trust you and to cast all my burden upon you and not worry because you neither slumber nor sleep. You're always awake. You're always there. You're here to help me and to, to make sure that I get to the proper destination. So I want you to submit yourself to the Lord. I want you to pray about the difficulty that you're going through. And I want you to, by faith, say to the Lord, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand it, but I trust you with this difficult part of the journey. I trust you. But now there are some of you in this room, some of you listening to my voice by live stream, and you have never admitted that you need God. You, you just live a life of isolation. You live as if you are God in your own life, and you're not. You're not God. You need God, but you're not God. And there's some of you today who need to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to turn from your sin. You need to admit to God, God, I need you. I need you today. 
And you need to put your faith in Jesus and ask him to help you and to keep you all the way to heaven's shore. So I'm going to invite you to come in just a moment and take the hand of one of our staff members and just simply say to them, today, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I want him to be my helper. I want him to be my keeper because I need God. I need God. You come in just a moment. I love the song, the hymn, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. I think of my blessed redeemer. I think of him all day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. I love verse 3. Look at it. I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight. Listen. Who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed. Redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. His child and forever I am. Oh, I hope and pray that you can sing that and that it would be real in your heart and your life. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Father, that you have made clear this psalm that we need you. We need you. You've made clear this psalm that you are our helper and you are our keeper. And I pray in the name of Jesus that through the Holy Spirit's ministry, using the word of God, that you would make this word come alive in the hearts of believers and unbelievers alike. I pray that those who are going through a difficult part of their journey will come to the altar and that they will embrace the truth of your word, that you will give them stability and security. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would walk away from this altar strengthened by the knowledge that you are there for them, that you're a powerful God and you're a present God. Oh God in heaven, help us. And Father, I pray for those who are not saved. And I pray that today they run to the cross, that they would believe in the Lord Jesus who spilled his blood on Calvary's cross to save them from their sins and was raised from the dead so that he could help them and so that he could keep them forever. Oh God, save their souls today. We love you and bless you and praise you. In Christ's name.